Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Margot Andre is the CEO of Australian Pork. For the first time in 2024, she joins me this morning. Margot, good morning. Uh, great to have you on. How's Canberra this morning? Yeah, morning, Dobbo, and welcome to 2024. Wishing everyone a fantastic year. And yeah, Canberra's a little bit crazy in the weather, but I think that's everywhere. And hearts go out to everyone who's floods, bushfires, you name it this year. So. Let's hope for a good 2024. It, it's a big year in a lot of ways, and I'll start with biosecurity because it's become the forefront of mind for most people, and and I'm not quite sure where we're at. Um, for me, Murray Watt's decision, and he's had to retract a little bit of it, um, of trying to tax our own, um, is concerning. Where are you sitting with it? We need to make sure – and that we're on on point with this, but taxing our own is not the answer necessarily. Yeah, look, it's been an interesting debate. I, I think it was mm, three or four years ago. I said we have to make biosecurity sexy. We have to make biosecurity a priority, and it has to be front of mind when people think about food security and farming and things like that. And look, we live and breathe biosecurity as an industry. We've invested a lot of money, both of levy payer money, but also on farm, time, resources, everything we've done. And you've got to remember that when farmers are doing this, it's not for a gain in profits. It's not It's not because they're making money. It's actually to stop them losing their businesses, losing their homes, having their livestock, having to be euthanized because of a disease that comes in. So sure. you can't really, you've got to really put it into that context. And so when you think about the other industries as well, Everyone across ag is living and breathing biosecurity. The risks aren't always from here. The risks are coming from overseas. And we've seen that with African swine fever. We've seen that with Japanese encephalitis virus. But we have to wear the um, outcomes of those disease coming here. So, yes, there's an element of industry stepping up to be part of this. We have worked really hard with this consultation process and been very clear that we understand that biosecurity has a cost. But the majority of that cost should be borne by the people who generate the risk. And we have always advocated for pushing back the borders. The biosecurity threats, if you know they are overseas, early alert, focus on that. Make sure it doesn't actually come near Australia and make sure those systems are working. So we're quite supportive of people paying for biosecurity who are employing the riskers. If you think about that 6% that the industry of ag has been asked to pay. Our whole approach to this is it has to be fair. If you are asking us to put some money on the table, it has to be twofold. It has to be fair to across all of the industry. And secondly, it has to recognise all of the work that the industries have been doing themselves. So stop penalising them. So we pushed pretty hard for that system when it was first launched. We did feel it was launched without all the facts, launched without all the figures. And so we've been pleased to see that Murray Watt has actually revisited it based on the consultation. And for us at Pork, we've got a much fairer deal um, that is fair and it feels fair. So we want biosecurity to be prioritised. 
but we want to make sure it is actually effective. It can't be just a talk fest. It can't yeah, be just bodies. I agree. It has yeah. to actually have an impact. Well, so we'll continue to work closely with government, but good the, on good on them, government, for listening. But well, they had to retract to it. But I mean, the dogs mm. go that dog Labrador ghost the other day. I mean, in in mm. in Adelaide. I mean, he's worth his weight in gold. And and you guys and along with Susan McDonald were huge on this. We're huge on getting snipper dogs trying to, and we put more money into that in a lot of ways where. I'm not saying, you know, it, it's going to solve everything, but th- that was something that we never had. We never even had that kind of service available. We do have to be careful, though, that we get promises of things that are going to be done, but we do find in the current environment they kind of get half done. Yeah. Like there, there is a commitment to sniffer dogs. We're looking for government to follow through on that sniffer dogs. We're looking for the x-ray machines to all be up and running. So we want to make sure that we continue to work with government to make sure the promises actually hit the ground. And as I said, it doesn't just mean more bodies pushing paper. So that's really important for us. But, yeah, a huge shout-out to everyone. I think we're all on the same page for biosecurity. Um, but there's more to do. But as always, just got to do that common call-out to the general public. They have a role to play here. And so please help us all protect our farms. Don't bring products in. Don't ask for products to be sent in the mail. Enjoy beautiful Australian ingredients because we've got an abundance of it and they're really good. Can I ask you, we, we spoke with Mark Davey a little earlier and he's up in arms and rightly so. And, and look, although you're the CEO of Australian Pork, you understand the importance of the red meat industry in, in, in the whole scheme of things. It, it's... It's just there. But we've got to the point now where the health authorities uh, are trying to give carbon and and environmental advice on what you can eat to try and minimise the carbon footprint and red meat's in the headlights. I mean, are we getting just beyond the point of, hang on, this is not your sphere, this is not your space, Every place has got a market. Red meat, the pork industry, you know, you know, seafood industry, they've all got a place. But we can't be starting to tell people what they can and force them to eat. Um, as the CEO, you understand just the importance of the red meat industry as much as you want more people eating pork. I get that completely. Um, you also understand the importance of red meat in, in the environment and what they're doing. I do, and I think if I'm really honest, it has become a very flawed argument that a lot of these people are using. Um, we do a lot of work around, we've been pushed around the carbon neutral, climate neutral, whichever you want to call it, the CO2. We're now looking at methane, we're looking at those sorts of things. There's a fundamental flaw there around food. We are very privileged in this country to be able to provide safe, nutritious protein that is part of a well-balanced diet. And I think the fact that people are starting to bring in the environment is fundamentally flawed. If you really want to go at the environment, have a go at the big carbon emitters, the methane generators. We're looking at Europe around the nutrient um, nitrogen in the soil. It is getting really flawed. Come back to those, you know, Maslow's hierarchy. We have a role of providing food. I remember going to Brazil many years ago, and I will um, put a beef hat back on, um, and I was talking about what was happening and they kept saying to me, we don't understand. Having meat is a privilege. Like having meat on your plate 
it's not just a, a you know everyday right. It's a privilege, and I've always carried that through. So whether it's your beef, your lamb, your pork, we are so privileged because it is the most natural product. We minimise our use of antibiotics. We are doing good things for the planet, but we're being asked to make up the gap for other industries, and I find that really flawed. And so I think there has to be a balance put back in it. I even see people suddenly say ag is 25% of emissions and things like that. It's actually what we've, you know, take it into account in the food security debate and then actually start to really focus on those people who are those big emissions, those big companies. But make it practical. Like I'm even looking at the electrical car debate and things like that. Actually know the background, know the history, understand where those products are coming from, how they're going to flow out. It's not practical for an Australian geography to have electric cars when the the batteries themselves are, you know, they don't degrade easily. Like, a, I feel like the debate's really flawed and I would really love for good debates and good policy to be based on sound science and some really good scientists like, like Dr. Mark Howden and yeah. Richard Eckhart and people like that to actually be really listened to rather than trying to take something for headlining, European, things like that, that actually could be slightly flawed or actually even not practical for Australia and don't prioritise food. And I still have a fundamental gripe. Why on earth are we continuing to support products that are processed, are labelled meat, are not meat? Oh, my God. You know, we, yeah. we need to come back to the simple fact our beef, lamb and pork are natural products. We raise our animals well. We're privileged to feed Australians. We do work 24-7 to make sure we are providing that, that food on the plate and giving those people access to beautiful food. Um, why, are we, why are we suddenly attacking ag? So voice for ag, um, we really honestly need to bring it back to we're part of the food supply chain and I think we need to focus on that. And seeing these guidelines come out today, really... Let's go back to basics. It is part of a well-balanced diet, and that's the advice these people should be giving families in this country. What does a well-balanced diet look like? And we know the science stacks up. Meat is part of that well-balanced diet. Great for bones, great for mental capacity. Let's focus on that. Oh, you couldn't have said it any better. Great to chat. CEO of mm-hmm. Australian Pork, uh, one of the best. Margot Andre, really appreciate your time. Thanks, Dobbo, and good luck to everyone for 2024, and stay safe. We'll talk to you again shortly. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today.